At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. You are back with the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where every single week, I, Jared Bradford, sometimes called Bones, liver in California, or owner of Wiener Dogs, talk to my friends who just so happen to make vows and kiss face forever, Corey and Connor Mueller, about health, fitness, meat, history, and whatever else makes life uh, sweeter. Oh, yeah. What's up? Welcome, guys. Hey. It's a beautiful introduction. Yeah. Well, this is a thruple, and we like to do this sometimes, right? Yeah, it's been a yeah. little while since we've done it, eh? Yeah, uh, a long time. I don't remember our last one we've all been on together. It's been a while. Probably the three pillars of health, actually, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. That was, that was yeah. like three months ago. Yeah, I guess it was a while ago. Um, cool. Well, it's, it's good to be back. And today we're going to be throwing um, a twist on one of our OG episodes. The, I think it was episode two. Episode two. Was it? Uh, the five superpowers. That was way back. And um, this episode will be the five anti superpowers. So this is like five things in our everyday life that we think enhance our well-being, um, but actually might weigh us down and hold us back from becoming the best version of ourselves. So um, it's going to be a fun time, a fun yeah. ride. Yeah. So Corey, Corzilla, the man with the mustache. Hey, we got Take two mustaches in this room, and we do. the more the better. I, I'm For glad yours. Connor doesn't have one, but... Oh. <laughs> I shave mine off. Yeah. You do? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, what, what are we doing? Before we do this, um, I ordered Earth-Fed Muscle the other day. Yeah. And for the first time, I got Morning Ritual, um, the, this is their, like, daily vitamin, mm-hmm. and... Really nice. It has a lot of good stuff in it. There, I was really impressed with uh, the amount of vitamin B6, which is nice. You need B6 for a lot of things, very good things. Um, and it had a, a, one ingredient that I was actually pumped about, which was uh, ionostil, which I learned about maybe eight to ten months ago. Which yeah, is, what is that? Like, I, I don't techni- even know think, what that is. I think it's technically like vitamin B8. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird, obscure vitamin B8 okay. is what they also call it. But they were it was prescribed or used for for women trying to get pregnant or mm-hmm. trying to like increase fertility. And so it was originally used for that. But now they're like like anything else in the world now like they're finding different uses like off off script things. So um, it's used for like promoting a lot of calmness and well being. And they've like 
put subjects, put them on like 400 milligrams of Anastil a day up to 1200, I think. And uh, for like OCD and anxiety and things like that. And like people have like totally reversed their wow. their yeah. stuff. So there's only 50 milligrams in the vitamin B or the do the morning ritual, but um, kind of a cool little ingredient they threw in there. I combine the morning ritual and the Zen remedy. And I, if I'm doing mm. that consistently. I typically notice a difference in my, especially my mood. Like my mood is just generally better, whether it's a placebo or not. I definitely know I'm getting you know, the supplementation of some uh, nutrients that I don't get on the regular. Yeah. yeah. The Zen is a huge difference. Yeah. We love morning ritual. Yeah. Oh, you guys have been taking it. You take the greens party. Yes. I'm, I'm actually really low on the greens party. So it's going to get added to our next order. Order, um, order one of the chocolate or I know you don't like pina colada. I'm going to get pina colada. Are you? Okay. Try, try a chocolate. Cause the, I emailed them and they said that the formula is different. The mint one was their original. Mm-hmm. And like, if you go look at the labels, like they're totally, totally different. Okay. And I, I imagine like you're still getting a lot of the same stuff, but somehow it's different. They didn't, they didn't go into further detail, but try the it chocolate, out. the chocolate's intriguing. The chocolate's mm-hmm. intriguing. I've been mixing the mint one with a little bit of orange juice, and that tastes pretty good. Tastes like yeah. a mojito? Yeah, actually. Yeah, like an orange, minty mojito. Nice. But let me know what you think of pina colada. Yeah. Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that flavor. Neither <laughs> am I. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just going to go for it. I think we're yeah, missing just go for the, it. the unsung hero in the room is definitely 40 Winks. Because 40 Winks, mm. by far, is the one that yeah. has the most effect on me. I take 40 Winks, and within, like, 30 minutes, I'm ready for bed. I sleep really well, and I feel mm-hmm. like it aids in my recovery. It's got a lot of magnesium in it in the two little capsules that you're supposed to take, and it knocks you yeah. the hell out. So 40 Winks is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, 40 Winks has been a staple, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't take it every night, because I don't know why. Magnesium, I stop taking man, it every night, because sometimes um, it makes me feel drowsy, because you don't allow yourself enough time to sleep. That's just my own personal experience with it. Um, mm-hmm. But if you give yourself, like, eight hours, then you'll be fine. Since we've started taking 40 Winks, I dream so much. Which really? tells me, yeah, which tells me that I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting into those REM cycles, mm-hmm. those deep REM cycles. But every time I take it, which we take it nightly, I fall asleep really quickly. I sleep really deeply. Mm-hmm, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's always great when you have a like a nice night of dreaming. And then you wake up and you can remember your dreams. That's always mm-hmm. a weird experience. And I've always had it when I take more magnesium or oddly enough, when I take the melatonin too, mm. which EarthFed doesn't have melatonin. Cool. Yeah. We love all our stuff. When you go to earthfedmuscle.com to make your wonderful order of these amazing supplements, which we've come to know and love, make sure you use the code warrior 10 at checkout Warrior 10 at checkout. will give you 10% off your order mm-hmm. on these wonderful supplements from a small American company which makes their things right in Pennsylvania and the U.S. of A. Ain't nothing better. They also have farmers on staff to ensure the quality is because all grass-fed, pasture-raised cows that they derive their protein powders from. Speaking of farmers, Apsi Farms has uh, decent meat. 
And we love their meat, and we'll put their meat in our mouth anytime. I'll tell you Always what. wearing their shirt, Apsy Farms. Yep. Apsy you guys Farms. had ham the other day. They're, uh, yeah, they're doing some great things as the summer rolls around. Um, the more you watch their Instagram and you watch the cows go out to pasture and how happy they all are, the more you see, like, man, this is the right way to eat meat and pigs and chickens. They have, they have everything. And their slogan yeah. is meat raised right. I'll tell you what. Apsy Farms can raise my meat right anytime. Because every time we open up a package, it's always good. It always makes me feel good. Feel good about what I'm eating, where it's coming from, and the uh, impact that it's having on the, the environment. And actually, Kyle Apsy, who we interviewed on the podcast, he's been named as one of 13 uh, farm ambassadors for the Regenerate America bill that's being introduced into... Um, Congress, and that's going to push a lot of funding towards regenerative agriculture on a on a larger scale, which is is map is huge. Um, and so, my call to action for everyone listening: if you can get Apsy Farms delivered to you, if you live in the Midwest right now, do it. Go to apsyfarms.com and use code Warrior Ten at checkout. You'll get ten percent off your order, and we'll get a little something to support the podcast. But if you can't get Apsy Farms where you live, go to eat wild.com and find the local pasture farm near you um some really amazing things happening watch the documentary kiss the ground uh that sort of laid the groundwork for a lot of this uh political action and apsy farms takes an active role in that documentary um so feel good about your decision good for you good for the family and good for earth so don't wait order your meat raise right meet right to your door well let's let's get into this that was beautiful uh so we have the five anti-superpowers today these are things that we think are off the top of our head maybe good for our well-being um, but maybe too much of them or a too consistent use or just them in general might be a detrimental might be weighing us down from becoming our best self so we're going to get into the first one here and i'm going to send it to you corzilla yeah i got this so the first anti-superpower is comfort and comfort is sort of a controversial topic because as human beings, we all like comfort. We want to come home from work, sit in our lazy boy, watch the TV, eat some chips, all that sort of thing. And um, as animals, our, our nature is to find sort of the easiest way to do things. And for us as humans, life has become pretty easy, especially for us in the United States where you can have everything delivered right to your doorstep. I mean, literally, if you live in the right part of the country, you never have to leave comfort of home. So our society has become uh, overly obsessed and reliant on everything being quick and easy. Back in the day when uh, the internet was just starting, you used to have to wait a few weeks for packages to get delivered. Now they get delivered in a day, two days, or even same day delivery. We don't even have to wait that long for anything. So the path of least resistance is never a path that's going to help us get better and really win things, win big things in our life. And I know this from my personal experience because, man, I am a lazy person by nature. And I'll be the first one to admit it. I like to relax. I like to chill. And if I can find an easier way to do something, I'm probably going to do it. Here's the trick to that. 
I also discovered that that was no longer benefiting me in my life, and I'm going to tell you why. So I graduated from college, and I, I didn't excel in college. I was an average student, extremely average student. I graduated with about a 2.5 GPA, and I did just enough to get through. Uh, I was all about having a good time with friends and experiencing that type of stuff, but I didn't want to put in the work, do the hard thing to, to succeed and excel. So I graduated and got a job, got a good job, and long story short, I ended up in social work for about six years, and it was a comfortable place for me to be. I had a decent job that I made decent money with that was fairly secure. I mean, that's a role that's always going to be needed, and I felt comfortable with it, despite the fact that, man, I was unhappy, I was unfulfilled, um, I didn't really have a plan. I was just sort of stagnant and I had a lot of these grand plans and I would tell people about goals and I would tell people about dreams, but year after year, nothing changed. And, um, I was on a motorcycle trip and I met someone who was working up in the mountains. They were digging a hole or some such nonsense. And I was like, you know, what do you do for a living? She said, well, I work for uh, the state park system in, here in Colorado, and this is this is where I work. This is what I do. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And obviously, I had time to think when I was on the back of a motorcycle, so I'm riding. And I was always, I used to call that my therapist, so I'd be on the back of the bike. Nothing, there's no distractions. Have you and your thoughts and make sure you're safe on the road. And so I always had time to think about this. And every time I would look into being let's call it a park ranger i would get scared because i had none of the qualifications none of the experience and again i was in a place that was comfortable i knew what to expect and i had enough money to live and pay my bill so i would look at it on the internet and then get scared and i it would go away for i don't know a couple of months a couple of months later i'd do the same thing and that happened countless times. I, can't, I mean, I don't even know how many times it happened. Um, fast forward to 2018. I was extremely out of shape, extremely overweight, and extremely unhappy. I had very unfulfilling relationships. I um, didn't expect much of myself, and I expected a lot of the people around me, and that wasn't working out well for me. I was in a dead-end job, and um, needed to get my life together and I didn't know what to do so I started making some progress and doing some uncomfortable thing um, and you know those those things gained me the, the one of the more un things the uncomfortable things that I did was ask Connor out on a date and I had to that was a very uncomfortable thing at the time like I remember sitting there talking to bones about it and not i'm just like man if i do this it's either gonna go really poorly or it's gonna go really well like this could be the end of the podcast <laughs> um and i just yeah, could. decided to go for it and be uncomfortable and it was uncomfortable but look look what happened i mean really that was sort of the catalyst to a lot of the positive change in my life is once i had these amazing people i've got bones connor and all and all these other people I've met on this journey that set me up to be in the position that I'm at now where I've changed careers. I've taken a really uncomfortable step to do that. Um, but not everyone 
does that and people will work their entire careers and live their entire lives where they don't take any risk they live in their comfort zone they work at it nine to five and come home and wish they could do something else you don't know how many especially older people that i work that i see at work who tell me i wish i would have done that when i was younger and so this is why comfort is an anti-superpower because on one hand comfort is an amazing thing when i come home from a hard day at work guess what I'm going to sit on that couch and I am going to enjoy that time. But there are times where you should do the hard thing. You should do things that push you out of your comfort zone because if you don't, you're never going to realize your full potential and you won't even know what you're capable of because you've never pushed yourself past, you know, any uh, limit where you thought you could do. Um, doing hard things builds your confidence, right? By doing hard things and seeing them through, you're proving yourself that you, what you're truly capable of. Um, training for MCOLs for me. If you would have asked me a couple of years ago if I could have passed that test, I would have told you, hell no. And it was an extremely uncomfortable process training for that, failing it twice. I mean, I've never trained harder for anything than to pass that test. And it was scary and it was hard and it but man to have the the outcome was so damn rewarding and to prove to myself that i could do it with the right amount of hard work and the right people in my corner it was a feeling that is indescribable unless you've experienced that you've overcome some of that stuff so that the next part of comfort that leads that you build mental toughness through you know achieving these things because guess what everything is hard everything in our society like right now everything is hard um being su successful and like living a good life is just as hard as being mediocre and being sad and whatever because that's and and, and you should get used to it because it's never going to change so choose to do the hard things because you're going to struggle a little bit but you're going to find yourself in a much better place and you'll get used to the struggle and you'll feel better about it at the end of the day. So there's some stuff about comfort. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I don't like that you identify as a lazy person, but I also identify as a lazy person, <laughs> but I tell people that I'm an active lazy person because I love lounging. Yeah. I love do. couch time. I I want to come at this from a slightly different angle in that I work with a lot of clients who engage with numbing behaviors, so things like emotional eating and stress eating. And I ask them to make a deal with me. It's a two-week deal. And it's called the discomfort deal. And what the discomfort deal is, this comes from Precision Nutrition, is when you feel an impulse to eat that's out of emotion or stress or whatever it is, you're going to sit with it for five to 10 minutes. And you can set a timer if it helps, but you're just gonna sit with it. And during that time, you're going to notice and name what you're feeling as best as you can, because that's really hard. It's hard to sit with emotion. It's hard to name exactly how you're feeling. And then after 
that time passes, you can make whatever choice feels right. So there's no wrong answer at the end of this. The goal is to build up our natural ability to tolerate discomfort and get used to sitting with some of those things. So, yeah, it's the two-week two week discomfort deal. Yeah. And <laughs> I, haven't, I, I haven't had anyone yet not take me up on it. Most people say, all right, deal. I'll, tr- I'll try it. I'll try anything. Do they generally come back and be like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't eat it or I didn't do the thing? All the time. All the time. Yeah. And I have to remind them, the purpose is not to avoid. There's no wrong answer. The only part of this deal is you have to sit and name whatever you're feeling. And then you can make a choice, whatever feels right. You eat, eat. If you do whatever, do whatever. There's no wrong answer. So they always come back and they say, oh, I failed. And I said, well, did you sit with it for a little while? And they usually say, well, yeah. That's all I want them to do is get used to sitting with the feelings. Make a conscious choice. Exactly. It makes it, it interrupts the impulse and it makes an unconscious choice and it turns it into a conscious one. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Good for you. I have a, I have a thought about comfort too, is that like what you said, you're a lounger, like you love lounging and Corey, you identify as a lazy person. I think like that's inherent in all of us. Like we want that downtime. It's like part of who we are. Um, I think when we get too caught up in that, right, that's where you're coming from is the comfort can be addicting and we stay there. We never grow further. You got to earn the comfort. Like you should be able to do that. You should earn it too. Right. Within, but within that discomfort between with your growth, becoming a park ranger and doing all the things you just described, you needed to have comfort at some point. You needed to come down and, and say, I'm going to watch, you know, whatever, yeah. or play games or do something, yeah. right? You needed those little pockets and those little circles. So don't, let's not mistake like the role of comfort, but I think, yeah, as a whole, we are way, way too yeah. comfortable for all of the reasons that you said. Yeah. And like what you said, people are work nine to five and come home. And I think comfort can also be an illusion yep. because those people that are comfortable and like us, like using all of the services right at our fingertips to make our lives comfortable. I think there's comfort in misery too. And I think people will stay in miserable situations cause it's illusioned as comfort. Well, you know what, you know what it is. It's like, I, like I was saying, I know what this is going to look like and I'm comfortable in that area. It's your comfort zone. Cause mm-hmm. I, even if I'm miserable, I at least know what to expect. I know yeah. what this is going to feel like. If I, go and quit my job and try to change careers or whatever, do something like find a new passion, find it, like do something new. That's going to feel uncomfortable. And I don't know what, what type of like discomfort it's going to be. I think that's the fear is it's the fear of the unknown. And so throwing yourself into that, man, who knows what you're missing out on by not doing it. And it can be something small, like a new hobby. Like you're afraid to go to a new club or whatever. Um, but I, I like what you said. Comfort should be used strategically. Like when I bust my ass all day at work, I'm doing hard stuff and I come home and I feel like I've earned the time to lay on the couch or to what or to whatever. I, I feel OK about that because I've, I've earned that. 
But if I'm coming home from a job that I hate, with a relationship that's toxic, friendships that are toxic, um, using numbing behaviors, whatever, then you really have to evaluate, you know, is the comfort that you're seeking benefiting you in the long run? When you're 80 years old and you're looking back on your life, are you going to be happy that this is the route that you chose? Because you're not going to think about all the times you sat in the lazy boy. You're going to think about all the opportunities that you wish you would have taken. So my, like, maybe think, think about what's over the next horizon that you could strive for instead of maybe accepting the status quo. And, and that's, a battle we all fight right like because right now i'm very comfortable with where i'm at in life i love my job i am happy where we live and and is that okay it, so do i need to strive for different things in different areas of my life am i too comfortable so i have that same inner dialogue and it's a lot of questioning but i think that's a good step in the right direction is having that dialogue assessing that on a regular basis because you're just going through the motion then that's, I think that's the problem. Yeah. All right, Connor, number two. All right. The anti-superpower that we're going to talk about next is discipline. So I'm actually going to throw a question at you two. Mm -hmm. And I want you, Bones, I'll start with you. I want you to tell me just some words that come to mind when you think of discipline, what words pop into your head? Uh, Jocko. Hmm. Yeah. What else? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess waking up early. Uh, I guess no fun mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, strict. Strict. That's a good one. Yeah, Corey, how about you? What words come to mind when you think of dis- discipline? Yeah, the first one is definitely Jocko. Jocko's made his, le- like, discipline is like his, like, you know, discipline equals freedom, right? That's what he says. Um, so that strict, I think of that a lot of times, too. Um, hard. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, yeah, I mean... Um, when I think of discipline too, I think of respect. Like when I see a person who's really disciplined in something, I respect them for that. Um, so yeah, I, those are the bones kind of encapsulated how I feel about it too, but those are the couple words in my head. Yeah. I, I like those words. Those are actually not the words that I thought of either, but I agree with all of them. The words, so the words, the words that came to mind were similar. They were rigidity, structure, routine, hard, hard work, so hard, predictability, order, planning, timelines, diligence, and control. Huh. Okay. But, so Bones, I'm glad you brought up that aspect of no fun because I also wanted to look at the flip side of those themes. So when you think about the opposite of those words, you think fun, fluidity, spontaneity, flow, freedom, indulgence, surprise. And those are all 
really good things, right, that you want mm-hmm. to have in your life. And so the angle that I'm coming at this with is when I think of discipline, did you guys, do you guys know what StrengthsFinder is? I don't know. StrengthsFinder uh-huh. is a kind of a personality quiz. I took it at work. I took it in a previous job. And StrengthsFinder produces your top five strengths. For me, discipline was listed as one of my top five strengths. And so I consider myself a very disciplined person. I identify a lot with these words of structure, routine, order, and control. Control is a big one for me. So I think discipline is really just a form of control. And I'm, as a personality, I'm a high controller. Corey knows this about me. I'm a very high controller. And this is tough. This is tough when when you're a high controller because there's an inherent messiness to life. So I always tell my clients, life gets lifey sometimes. Mm. And it's just another way of saying, yeah, I get it. It happens. And I think I think that's really hard when you're when you're your pendulum. So I, I picture this on a pendulum where discipline is on one end. For me, discipline is on one end, and then on the opposite end is vacation mode. And just nothing matters. And Let loose. Let loose. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, I have a really hard time navigating the middle ground because I usually my pendulum is stuck over here in discipline mode. And I have a hard time letting that fall into something in between because I'm either hyper disciplined or I am on the beach drinking cocktails not Pina wearing coladas. a watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite, pina coladas. <laughs> so that's that's what I was coming at this with. So I do, I think there's a hidden cost with being disciplined and being a high controller in that it is, it's really hard to let loose. It's hard to have fun. It's hard to do spontaneous things. But I also thought of Jocko, right when I thought of discipline, I thought, well, Jocko, of course. He's the epitome of what discipline is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think discipline can kind of box you in too. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think with in respect to discipline, it is something, it could be a superpower. It could be, right, something that someone totally needs. But they're, like what you said, if you go too far over on one pendulum, you're totally constricting yourself and that's not becoming the best version of yourself so what what do we like a lot of adults a lot of us are seeking more and more discipline more and more structure more and more control right whether within ourselves or trying to control others but what if there that was it is sometimes it's too much so you need the opposite of that which would be vacation mode or play play yeah right you don't always have to plan a grand vacation to disney world or or a beach somewhere in mexico or just go play catch with a ball and don't have put a time on it don't have structure just Mm -hmm. play 
I think that, like, for the people who listen to this podcast and for us, uh, like, it's the weekly warriors who were not professional athletes. We're not out there as, like, fitness gurus. We're not, you know, whatever. We have to find a balance between, like, the discipline and the vacation or, you know, I think that what makes us who we are, like, I want to be able to go play and have fun and do stuff that I like, like, building a Lego set or whatever. Like, I want to be able to do that stuff and have fun, but I also know that there's things that I need to do to stay healthy, to stay, like, happy, to have good, you know, performance. Like, when I want to go and play basketball, go and play rugby, I have to be at a certain level with a fitness, like, with fitness, because if not, that's not going to be fun for me anymore. Um, and so, like, for I think finding that balance, because people say, like, if you're a, if you're a, professional athlete there's no such thing as balance which is true it's discipline training it's like you're on your a game all the time because that is that is your job but for us as as people just trying to have a fulfilled life having the discipline to allow yourself to play do those things on a regular basis is important um while also maintaining the stuff that you know keeps you healthy enough to enjoy those things Totally. Great. Okay. Number two was discipline. Number three is, I think, one that we can all be like. And we can have a whole episode on this one. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we might. We might. Like, it's it's social media yeah. is number three. Yeah. And man, oh, man, there could be endless things to yes. unpack. And we could talk about um, – you know what we've talked about before the the comparison traps the the doom scroll where you're just scrolling endlessly yeah. at night or whatever the fact that it's a highlight reel yeah. um it doesn't show the real story uh, behind people's lives but um i think when i initially thought of this idea of the anti-superpowers the first one was social media because it's such a glaring one and, and that we deal with every day and i think it's it's now becoming like such a it's like an extension of ourselves now. Yeah. It's like another or- organ. Yep. It's crazy. And I think it's strangling individualism. Um, I think at its best, social media can can show you like people's hobbies or activities and or whatever you're interested in. Like yeah. it can perk your interest. And that, that's like that's like at its best. Yep. I, I don't know if there's anything more than that. At its worst, social media can show those hobbies or activities or any or whatever you're into and cause you to compare yourself to yeah. them. And those words or or thoughts that you tell yourself aren't always like super like the as broad as like, oh, why can't I be like him or her? Or, you know, they're so good looking or mm. or good at this, I'll never be like that. It's not always that broad, but it it, it becomes very specific to you and your niche and it's predatory yeah it's it's predatory upon yourself like the predators our own insecurities about ourselves and then we become the prey it's it's crazy it's self-destructive um and it's not like it's not the fault of of the person who's posting um it's your fault for following and falling for it and falling into your own insecurities and and the apps are designed around that. And it's so you keep going and going and going on them. So you never put them down. I think that social media is in a hundred years, it's going to be really interesting for people who look back and see, man, the first 20 years of social media or whatever, like 
that really changed things because I think that we're in a in the, the age of social media right now is kind of like the wild wild west in a lot of ways because we're in a in between of generations right like our generation let's see how old was I I had a MySpace when I was in eighth grade so I was like fourteen or whatever and then fast forward now and I was fourteen years old so I had fourteen prior years of like growth and development without social media without the influence of social media and the juggernaut that it is now and like you said an extension of ourselves of society and even when we started getting on social media it wasn't even close to the point that we're at now so to think there's a whole generation of kids who are you know 22 and younger who that they like i've asked kids that i work with because we have 18 year old 20 year old whatever do you remember a time without social media? And they say no. They have they have no memory of a time without social media. And to me, that's nuts. Like we, our our generation is the last one I think that will have a like a period of time where we didn't know Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. And I think that the, it's like there's no. There are rules, but there's no rules. Anything goes. I think it's become really predatory uh, how companies use social media to... Um, we are the, we are the product now. We are not the consumer. We are the product. We are being sold. Our information is being sold to these big companies to sell us goods and to sell us things and to, to sell us political ideas, whatever. So um, that's why I say it's the wild, wild west. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next like 10 to 20 to 30 to 100 years, like how we look back on this time and 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 see where things are at, because it's just so different. And it's such an interesting time, like no other part of history. Like maybe they felt it like, like, oh, man, carrier pigeons going to change the world. <laughs> like, I don't you know, who knows? But yeah, social media, it's so great for so many reasons. But I think you're right. I think it's really detrimental to the majority of human beings is it's built on our dopamine receptors and all that like it's just biological it's so easy to want to get on and see the like things and comparison crap so what a what a what an interesting thing that has been created at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's kind of crazy how they've, really tapped into our brains <laughs> how many people like can you think of uh off the top of your head how many people do you know that don't have social media at all like don't use it at all two like Three. yeah i was gonna say for me like people that i know that don't use it at all it's probably less than five so i'm one of those people yeah but even you Connor. use it sometimes what do I use it for? Edit. 
And 30, he's gone. He's Drops a monologue and just says, yeah, fuck it. I'm gone. <laughs> anyway. She's going to come over to this store. I like. I know you see my messages on Facebook sometimes. I send you messages. But maybe is that different than... Well, I have Messenger on my phone. So I do get... I do get those. That's, but, okay, fair. I would, I would like to get... And I, I argue about this in my own head all the time. I would like to get off social media because I think that it is really detrimental. But man, something in my head, and I don't know, and I think Bones, you can probably relate to this. Like something like keeps, I can't, I can't give it up. It's like a drug, man. And I want to be able to give it up. It's but like then a I, kidney. I think of like, man, I'm missing out on some deals on Facebook Marketplace, or I'm like missing out on this group <laughs> that I'm a part of. That like it's cool to join these groups that you share all this stuff with um but what would my life look like again without this thing and nah, there's a, something out there that is like if you have something like um i want to clean up i want to get rid of stuff i feel so cluttered right now yeah and you put you hold this in your hand it's an xbox controller and you look at it and you sit with it right connor you sit with it and you're like am i gonna need this in the next month no okay then it goes away right but it truly is like a fucking kidney now i mean you there's something about it you just can't there's something drawing you back and it's not your fault that you feel that way it's they are designed to do that they figured out how to get us a consumer back on the app that's why these apps are free right if they were trying to sell a product they would be selling the app for three ninety nine on the app store, but you know, they're not. I just, I would like to get, and I don't feel like there's balance, right? Like you can set a time limit on your phone for like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, only be on social media for an hour, but you can, you can ignore that real quick, you know? And, um, I just, I would like to get to a point where maybe I don't go on social media and see how that feels because I feel like life would become a lot more simple again. Um, Maybe. I don't even know what that would feel like anymore. It's it's crazy to hear myself say that, but I don't even know what it would feel like. Numb. Feels great. <laughs> Feels Dude, great. Yeah. I kind of, you know, I mean. I what I, yeah. Here's my question I, is like, would I even care about yeah. a lot of the stuff that I care about? Because I'm in like, I'll use Lego as an example. I don't know. Why don't you ask Connor? Well, I don't know. I'm in like she Lego care about the things that she, if I didn't see how's it different? constant Lego posts about things that are important and whatever, would I give a shit or would I just go to Meyer and see like, Oh cool. New sets came out. Probably, you know? Yeah. Like you did when you were a little kid. Right. It's kind of fun and exciting. And you don't see all the yeah. like insider information. Like maybe that, maybe none of that stuff matters. You know, I don't know. Like that's, that's the kind of the conversation that I have with myself about it. It's, it's it's FOMO. It's you talk a lot about fear of missing out. Yeah. I what you don't know, you don't know. How can you worry about missing out on something that you're unaware of? So it's the fear. I mean, true. ultimately, ultimately social media is about consumerism. Yeah. It's you know, you're scrolling. Yeah, yeah, you might you might miss a deal on a Lego set. You might miss something on Facebook marketplace, but you don't. So what? Yeah. I, I think I don't, like I don't sharing, know what I miss. Yeah. 
like sharing. I, I don't know what I'm missing. Sharing things like you, you get, uh, you get like wrapped up into. Man, I want those likes. I want people to see like what I, I don't know what I'm doing or whatever. And it's a, you want it's like approval seeking. It's like, well, you want to see yourself do it too. How often do you go back and look at your own story? It's kind of like a narcissism yeah. thing. Just as much as it's an insecurity thing about comparison traps. It goes the other way too. I think it's human nature to think that we're better than other people. That we—that's why there's competition. It's like fight or flight. We become insecure to certain things, but then hmm. there, it, it can also fuel our, our narcissism or narcissistic behavior. Right. And that we're getting more likes, and that feels good, hmm. right? And then the two pools, the two parties, grow further and further apart. One pool is constantly insecure, looking at things and whatever, and the other part is fueling their own egos yeah. and sometimes there's a mix of both yeah. probably yeah they found the perfect like the people who are in charge and have created this have found the perfect algorithm to affect all of the pleasure centers of the brain and to make it as addictive as possible and it is addictive i'm sitting here thinking i like i want to get off social media right now but uh, in a in a day i'm gonna want that fixed in an hour i'm gonna want that fixed shit in 10 minutes you know like i'm gonna want that fixed it's more addictive than a drug. Yeah. Take the discomfort deal. Yeah. Sit with it. When you when you start right now, it's you're an autopilot. It's an unconscious thing that you pick up your phone and you start the doom scroll. Oh yeah, hundred yep. percent. And when you the goal would be start building awareness around that, catch yourself in that moment set your phone down, set a timer for five or 10 minutes and just sit there, sit with that feeling. Why am I picking up my phone right now? Yeah. What, what's behind that and get curious about it. Don't judge your, don't judge yourself for it. Just get really curious about it. Am I approval seeking? um, You ever wonder if like modern TV and movies are created because people know you're going to be scrolling on your phone. And so like the content of the things that we consume is like more superficial because most people are probably fucking around on Facebook anyway. So why, you know what I mean? Like just make it content to consume rather than something that you have like actual thoughts and opinions about. I don't know, Connor, I loved what you said about being aware though. Cause I, I think we should leave it with a constructive something to do mm. i think being aware is is one of our superpowers from yep. way back yeah. in the day i don't think it's possible to get off social media i just think you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself and <laughs> be aware of of the thoughts in your head when you're scrolling and the thoughts when you're not scrolling and just become aware of them and the story if that story in your head doesn't sound right then lean into something else and i don't think that something else is like delete social media because i think being just being realistic about it, that it's here and it's better to deal with the thing that's here instead of try to push it away because months down the road, it could come back. I was off social media for like eight months and 20 last year and it came back and I probably use it more than I ever have. So, I mean, just be realistic. It's trying to set that balance that, um, you know, getting off of it completely, right? Probably it's a drug, right? Sometimes people don't always kick it all like for the rest of their lives. And um, I think what you can do more, the answer in my head would be if you're if you're looking to do less social media, get less consumed with it, is to lean into something else, because you're comparing yourself, or you just feel distracted all the time. You don't want to use your time that way, or you f- 
you get called out because you're kind of being a dick and your, your ego is big or something like that, I think play more. I think get outside, leave the phone at home and go shoot a basketball or go into the gym without your phone or, or uh, play catch or paint a picture or do a podcast or just try to lean into something else beside that. And don't post it and don't record it because this is for you. Yeah. I think you should meditate. I think you should lean into your that true self yeah. more um, and become an observer of those thoughts instead of an active participant yeah. in forming attachments with them. And, and it's kind of when you said point. building awareness, like that's that's literally step one, and then you just, you can go from there with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think great I think point. those two things. I think play more. I think meditate. I think those two influence our mental well being, just like exercise and healthy diet can influence biological and physical health yeah i would agree yeah it's a lot harder to do those things than though than get on your phone and get on facebook um though i like meditation and playing is the way more beneficial but i like in our world it's so much easier to to hop onto your phone and that i agree with you though definitely is comfort um all right pain management number four Pain management. I had a like a whole uh, like soapbox moment that I had planned for this, but I kind of want to like tone it back a little bit and focus on I, I don't know. I guess some more like real life. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to give medical advice, um, but there are some like real. You're you're my doctor. Yeah, right. Um, I want to talk more about like soreness focused, not necessarily like chronic pain because I think that gets into a really messy like medical conversation that I'm not qualified to have. Um, but the exam, so th- this came up, I was at the, I was at the Academy and every day and every night there was people at the Academy that I was with, they'd pop four Advil in the morning and they'd pop four Advil in the evening. Oh, good night to their liver. Oh my God. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, it was nuts, man. Like people were popping this shit like candy and I, I used to be I used to be that person too. I would take four Advil or whatever all like, you know, every day, all day. Anytime I was sore after a rugby game, before a rugby game, I mean, whatever, you name it. Um, and I think that the the longer especially since I've been with Connor, like we still have those things. We still have ibuprofen, we still have acetaminophen. But I've really shifted away from using it because I don't I don't think I ever noticed any type of actual benefit from it aside from I'm maybe this is helping maybe this is just what you do when you're in pain right and so I started like I've been seeking out alternatives I haven't been taking like ibuprofen I haven't taken ibuprofen for anything outside of like a significant injury in a long time and I think I've benefited for that but I've looked more into like strength training like working with a coach that knows you know body function and what that needs to look like i've i've leaned more into weight loss because a lot of the issues that i've had have been solved through weight loss and and um strength training and then throw in on top of that um like body work so when i talk about body work i don't talk about like strength training or anything or going to the gym i'm talking about like massage chiropractor we see a guy in Big Rapids, his name is Clint, and he does myofascial, myofascial uh, body work. It's a mix between, like, chiropractic and uh, massage. It's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 
it's not like anything else that I've ever experienced. He's a magic worker. Like you go in and you're like, man, my I have like thing and going on with my shoulder and it's like pain radiating radiating down into my arm. And I think most people would just say, well, I'll take an ibuprofen and I'll be all right type thing. But when he starts digging in, he finds out that like, oh, you have a tendon or something or a rib out of place and like let me you know and he it's it's crazy magic but it's not magic it's just how your body is functioning and how you're taking care of yourself and now that some of that stuff is apparent to me we don't we just don't take that type of stuff and and when we talk about like muscle soreness and recovery like the the wholesome and nourishing foods that you can eat and then drink as well um that actually help and like actually help muscle recovery to reduce some of that muscle soreness. Um, just leaning into that because none of those things are going to have negative effects on your liver, on your kidneys, on your heart, on your brain, which like acetaminophen, which is, you know, Tylenol, stuff like that. Naproxen, which I believe ibuprofen, like Advil, those are scientifically proven to damage all like your main bodily functions over an extended period of time. And like Connor told me earlier an extended period of time is like six years they've been proven to significantly decrease liver function heart function kidney function um by just like regular use and a lot of people use these things daily um and so that that's kind of like where i want to go with this is focus more on some of these alternative methods to to encourage recovery and to find some pain relief because i lived with chronic back pain for years um, like to the point where some days it was so bad, like I couldn't walk and I, I lived on muscle relaxers and ibuprofen and none of that shit worked. It was all masking agent. Yeah. It made me feel better in the short term, but, um, losing weight, strength training, having a different lifestyle, better nutrition is ultimately what has helped me overcome a lot of that. I don't wake up with back pain anymore. I mean, I have, you know, soreness and bumps and bruises elsewhere, but lower back pain doesn't isn't debilitating for me anymore so yeah it's it's pretty nuts what what studies have been demonstrating yeah there's a lot more side effects that are emerging from recent studies on how detrimental these over the counter yeah painkillers are um, especially to gut health. Gut health, it's it can yeah. cause ulcers. People have lost their hearing. It's it's astounding to me. And when I first when I first heard this topic, I thought, well, when's the last time I took something like that? And I was thinking when I was probably hungover. It's probably. Yeah. I, I felt really headachy and uncomfortable after a hangover. And my, my thought was, my thought was, I'm sure so many people do that to prevent that hangover headachy feeling. What I think you should do is I think you should deal with the consequences of your actions. <laughs> because if I live and sit in the discomfort of having a miserable hangover, yeah. then maybe I'll learn from that and reconsider that my choices anymore. next time. <laughs> yeah, so You don't exactly. got no more hangovers, yeah. though. <laughs> I love that advice. Yeah. 
Oh my God. I I think that anytime you talk about pain management, you go into the medical field, you have to. And I think you immediately look at why people take them because their doctor tells them that to take them. Why does the doctor tell them to take them? Because someone's paying the doctor to give the fucking prescriptions for the medicines. They get paid to prescribe certain medicines. And it's not a big, you know, conspiracy theory or cover up. It's the way that capitalist medicine works. And sometimes it's really, really bad. Other times it's good. And I think there is. It's bad because things that like that happen and it's really good. And then, you know, like kind of saying all of the organs that are affected, every single one of my patients that I see has some sort of liver oh, issue. Yeah. They have diabetes and liver issue. A lot of times it's cirrhosis. And they're like, I never drank that much. I never drank that much alcohol. But when you combine all of these medicines and then you drink occasionally. Yep you're fucked right your liver cannot handle it and these people are old uh, like you know 70s 80s 60s sometimes in their 60s and it's a pharmaceuticals like you you there's something going on there uh and man oh man it's 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 wild uh and then i show up to their door and then they're like i have no idea how i got in this position i was you know it never affected me and it's 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 crazy but then the other side of the 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 capitalist medicine thing and pain management is you know, you look at some of the uh, chronic illnesses that are pain is associated with Parkinson's. Um, it was one great example, right? So they're shaking all the time. Yeah. They're really low on dopamine. They always look very sad, like kind of just like uninterested in anything. Um, they freeze. They shuffle. Like they literally try to walk and they freeze, and they can't move. And uh, that's that's debilitating. So this guy got an implant in his brain and they two weeks later they turned a switch on all the symptoms are gone mm. he can walk like normal like and that's amazing yeah that's where medicine in this country can like save lives yeah and totally improve yeah. well-being but for the average person who's going from like there's like sick there's fake health and there's actual fitness and real health the people that are just in that fake health are the ones that are in real trouble they're the ones that are going to hang on for 70, 80, 90 years, but it's not great, yeah. <laughs> right? It's just not great. It's fake health. They're alive, but they're not functioning very well. Uh, and, man, pain management is, not to mention all the placebos, like what you, you were saying with the massage and everything. They don't. They can't prove that it actually reduces pain. It's a placebo. There's a great podcast that was just released on the Art of Manliness about managing expectations or something like that mm. all about placebo effect and nocebo effect with um surgeries oh yeah pain medications they'll do like they'll give someone surgery for uh, chronic low back pain and they'll just do an incision so the patient can yeah. see the incision they didn't do anything yep. they did nothing and the patient will report that their back pain is gone yeah oh my gosh crazy yeah wow. crazy what the placebo effect is. and they'll give people they will give people placebo pills they will tell them these are nothing. It's the power They're of the nothing. mind. They're dude. placebo pills, yeah. and people report that their pain yeah. goes away. Yeah. Yep. So it's wild. It is totally wild, and it's like don't talk about the wild, wild west. Yeah. We're in a lot of wild, wild west times. Pharmaceuticals is is one of them. I think that uh, so the myofascial stuff that I was talking about that our guy Clint does, that's like it's it's crazy because he he said over the last especially the last year he's had a lot of people getting sent to him from doctors local doctors because they don't want to pursue surgery 
they want to pursue a different solution and he's like he's like 95% of these people don't need surgery and I can help them totally um and it's pretty amazing like he lays his hands on you and he knows what's going on and he you know what I mean and that's kind of the the home like like the real like health magic and it, it doesn't come from you know nowhere like it's just he's very well trained he's very well in tune with what he does and he gives real life solutions you know what i mean and so i think people seeking out those solutions instead of well i just better have surgery because like you said some of those surgeries are bullshit anyway i know someone who just had foot surgery and their feet are worse than they were before yeah um surgery scary people yeah i think people don't understand how scary you can die just from a yeah. casual just from going under anesthesia you yeah. risk your life by going get a rotator cuff surgery right you're risking your fucking life and and like and that's a whole man that's a whole big long like podcast topic on its own our medic our modern medical industry is fucked and uh, it's just sad kind it's of fucked, where we're at but yeah there's always a balance right like what I said, there's always good things. I'm glad that you know I that. got my gallbladder taken that out when for, it was majorly infected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? I was just thinking of this earlier. Could you imagine living in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, like when they were like, oh, we could, you know, yeah. we'll put we leeches on your skin out. then? <laughs> we could take a kidney. No, I mean, that was like 1700s, but like we could take a kidney out, right? Like, but you're fucked. Yeah. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Here's a shot of whiskey uh, and just, good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you know, or like when they discovered right before they had penicillin, like the most basic, like, oh, my God. Like, you are you just suffer for years if yeah. you have these chronic illnesses back then. And you there's nothing you could do. And no one had an answer. You the answer was like, skin. <laughs> you got, uh, yeah, rub some cinnamon on your fucking skin and see what happens. And I'm a doctor. <laughs> And like, you know, it's 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 crazy. So there are some really good things that was going on with our medical field. Yeah. But it's for like the people that like if you break your fucking arm, then you can go get it taken care of. Yeah. If if you need if you get paralyzed, like we can take care of you. But it's that chronic uh, pain management, you know, and, like these chronic yes, health it's issues. Yes, a chronic that, pain. Yeah. It's like here, just have a have a pill, have a pill for you, and that'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the way it is for, all, and that's yeah. that's money. Yeah. So. So, all right. I mean, that is a whole topic. That's we a whole other topic. That. Yeah, and I think I think we want to do that one. Yeah, that's that anti superpower is taking basically taking pain management. So that was number four. Yeah. Um, number five, Connor. I I'm really itching to get into this one with you. So go for it. Yeah. Number five is always being busy. Always being busy. I had a couple thoughts on this. I. I hear it the most as an excuse from clients of they have all these aspirations to take care of themselves, engage in self-care, move, eat better, and then I'll check in with them the following week and say, how, how, how did you feel about your efforts? How'd it go? And they'll say things like, oh, I got so busy, you know, and... None of it, none of it happened. I didn't take care of myself. I didn't do anything I, I set out to do. And it's interesting to me because some people will stay persistent, keep trying, and you try to get them to scale back and work things into their lifestyle that's realistic. Some people, though, will say 
this just isn't the right time for me. I'm going to, I'm not going to do this right now. I'm going to wait for the perfect time. And I always think that's interesting because let's be honest, we're all busy, generally busy. Life, there will never be a perfect time. Life gets life. And life gets lifey. Mm. Yep. There you go. But it's this, it's this pause be- button mentality of, I'm just going to put hit pause and I'll come back and I'll work on my health in a couple months. And that kind of drives me crazy because, man, you should really prioritize your health right now. You should really make time for your health right now. Because a few months from now or a year from now, you're going to wish you started today. Because it's only going to get worse. And I can't tell you how many times that happens where people will say, oh, just all this stuff is going on and I don't have time. I believe you. I believe you that you don't have time. But I think there's still some things that you can do. And I think you can start working towards you know, reducing some of that clutter and prioritizing yourself. So that's my, that was my first thought on being busy, being busy and using it as an excuse. Do you guys have thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, You remember when we did episode number three, juggling your life by the balls? Yes. Right. So the idea was we have like five balls in our life. Three of them are rubber. Two of them are glass. Health is a glass ball. If you drop a rubber ball, it'll bounce back, right? So work or income or, mm-hmm. or or something like that. If you drop a health ball, it could shatter. So being busy, too busy right now to hold on to your glass ball and dropping it and saying, I'll come back later. Or you might be picking up and cleaning up some pieces when you come back later. You know? mm-hmm. And it's not all going to be there. Yeah. I love it. That's great. I think we've had a theme on a couple of these of like sitting with whatever the, the thing is. I think always being busy. I think of always being busy. I think of the avoidance of boredom. And mm. when you avoid boredom, you're avoiding whatever you're avoiding. But I think that, like, when I was a kid, I didn't want to be bored. I would always look at my mom and say, Mom, I'm bored. And she'd be like, being bored is good sometimes. And I never really understood that. And I think that now being bored is when we are allowed to adventure in our own thoughts and our own sort of minds a little bit so when you allow yourself that time and the space to explore your own thoughts that's probably a good thing because I think always being busy you never get a chance to just sit with thoughts or feelings or emotion um, general and so that's my that's my take on it is you're always busy and you're always forcing yourself to be busy um, I think you're missing out on some like intro- in- introspective moments that might lead to some really good life uh, advancement. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote that one down too. I immediately thought of we avoid being bored. We're constantly seeking entertainment or yep. work or or the phone or it's like, it's social, media. social media. Yeah. Yeah. We're always seeking something or there's this mentality, this badge of honor of I have to hustle and I have to hustle harder. And that's, yes. that's a sign of being a hard worker. 
and earning my spot, earning my place. I want the opposite of that right now in my life. I want to hustle less. I want more free time. I want to enjoy more time outside. I want to go on walks. I want to go to the gym. I want to work on projects. There's a great time. Yeah, exactly. More quality time. And there's a great book called Bored and Brilliant, Bored and Brilliant. And it's all about cultivating a life that allows for some boredom. Because those are the moments when you get to create, imagine, think, dream, meditate. There's a whole chapter in the book about they've done research, great ideas and epiphanies often happen when you're in the shower mm-hmm. because that's the one time where you're disconnected from everything. Yeah. I was just going to say like in my life, some of the most transform transformational transformative moments for me have been road trips, whether in a car or a motorcycle, because during those times, like man, road trips, especially you, you have epiphanies while you're out there driving, especially on long trips because you're not sitting on your phone. You're not distracted by all these things. You're sort of, you're bored, but you're focused on driving, obviously, but you're sort of bored at the same time. And it allows for time to sort of, I used to call it filing away some of these things that have been knocking around in your head. And we don't allow ourselves that time and that space. And so like long road trips, motorcycle trips, time in the shower. I mean, just that's where you have nothing else going on. There's no phone. There's no social media. There's no one yelling in your ear about this and that and the other thing. It's just time for you to to be introspective and have some of those thoughts. So I think that those we need to allow ourselves those opportunities um, because, like I said, you never know what you might be missing. Take a road trip. Go see a friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, you know what? The, going off what you said, kind of the badge of honor – um, there, have you guys heard the saying like only boring people get bored yes I have heard that whenever thing. you hear that it's like you haven't heard that Connor okay cool Mm-mm. really well, cringe good. it's like they. it's often said like yeah only boring people get bored yeah like someone else's life is so super exciting man what a like stigma we put against boredom Ugh. Mm-hmm. I will share a story that about the Spartan race worst time of my life (laughs) hated it hard as fuck super hot got the worst sunburn i've ever gotten and on top of that i remember being right in the middle of it and i was alone at this point i just let everyone go in front of me i was like dude i'm not having a good time i'm not fun right now just leave me alone so i was like i'll just hang back i was so bored i was so bored and something in that it wasn't just the accomplishment of finishing that race because it sucked and I could have made it suck more. I walked quite a bit, but it sucked, and I was so bored. And after I got done, I was like, I had the, an epiphany, like what you were saying, Corey. You have these epiphanies, like in the shower thoughts. You have these breakthroughs, and I had one. And it wasn't like life-shattering or big, but it was just like, I really want a backyard with a porch and a chair and a nice cold drink. Mm. That's what I want right yeah. now. And I don't have that. I have a second story apartment. I have no backyard and not a cold drink. (laughs) And 
since then, I was like, I want to buy a house. We're going to buy a house. So, you know, we've had this goal at the beginning of the year. We're going to save up. You know, it's gone okay. And every day, every morning, mostly every morning, I take a walk through a neighborhood nearby with all these nice houses. And I'm like, going to have a house like this one day. And I was like, also in that day, you guys might not like this because you're in Michigan and I'm in California. But I was like, up until the Spartan race, I was like, I kind of want to move back to Michigan, like any any day now. And some for some reason, I was like, man, this is pretty great out here. I have a really great job and I have some good friends. Like you have these epiphanies. And, um, you know, I think I have to accept the I, I was just really pushing off the fact that I had to accept. I live here. I don't live in Michigan anymore for now. And that was making me kind of miserable. Yeah. The fact that I was just like, I want to, I, I couldn't settle. I couldn't plant, I couldn't uh, uh, water the grass yeah. where I'm laying, yeah. right? I was watering it somewhere else. And, uh, you know, and being bored allowed me to do that. If I was to be on my phone out there or trying to stay busy or listening to iPod, my, uh, like, uh, like music or a podcast or something, I wouldn't have had that. Yeah. And I think being busy is so reflective of just uh, our country and our generation yeah. and the age that we're at, that being bored and doing hard things like that, getting uncomfortable, uh, man, just try it. Yep. Nike, just do it. I think just it's interesting it you had that what comes out. about uh, you want the the backyard with the cold drink and a chair and a porch, whatever. And that's, that's yeah. like, man, it's great. You have like, that's like the first step because now you have, okay, whether I'm in California, whether I'm in Michigan, whether it doesn't matter where you are, you have an idea of the things that you want in a more clear way. So it mm-hmm. could be in California. It could be in Michigan. It could be in Texas. It does. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, but you allowed yourself that time and that space to sort of just accept this idea of whatever it is that you wanted. And now it's like, yeah, I, what I want. And I, and I know what I need to do to get there or, and you're going to have more along the line. You know what I mean? Like we're going to continue to have these like building blocks of thoughts, uh, you know, what that build on this initial piece that you've already built. That's, that's great. Connor, what were the, you, the book was Bored and Brilliant is what it was. Bored and Brilliant. I forget the name of the author. I'd have to look up the author's okay. name. But, yeah, it's it's a great book. I want to say she did a podcast. I don't know if she still does, but at one point she had a podcast too. Cool. All right, Bored and Brilliant. I think I've heard of that book. I might try to look it up. All right, guys. That was the five anti-superpowers. Yeah. Uh, we had comfort, discipline, social media, we had pain management and then we had being a busy bee yeah always being Uh, busy hope you guys enjoyed this episode guys it's always great when we have a thruple and we can come together and share thoughts and and knock around some words together so yeah uh, we're gonna be here next week next Sunday until then adios (laughs) bye bye Connor say bye bye